Matthew, the first chapter, verse 21 through 23. <clears throat> now, of course, in Bible discovery, I will rediscover it. And you will notice if you look at the first chapter, it deals with the genealogy uh, of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It was, and it was brought out so wonderfully up on, on Sunday, uh, the importance of knowing where you come from and uh, knowing your genealogy and the four women that were a part of Jesus's genealogy, uh, prostitutes and uh, from different nationalities and whatnot, uh, uh, brings us up to our point to where we are tonight. So Matthew chapter one, look what it says, verse beginning at verse 21, very familiar passage of scripture, but I'm not going to assume that you ever read it before. And so the 21st verse just simply says this, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted God with us, God with us. Back at verse number 21, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shall call his name Jesus he shall save his people from their sins. You've been in the church any amount of time, any amount of time, then you would know that this has been the verse. <laughs> this has been the Christmas verse. I was just a little kid and I had to memorize one verse for my Christmas speech. And I was just a little kid and it almost took me a month just to remember this one verse. And then I think if, if my memory serves me well, when I got up to quote it, I cried all the way through it. I don't know whether or not I was being touched or not by the Holy Ghost. I'm not quite sure but whether or not I was just scared. But she shall bring forth a son and thou shall call his name Jesus. What's in a name? What's in a name? What's in a name? I find this quite interesting because a name is the title by which one person is designated from another. The fact of the matter is, it is a way for us to tell people, places, and things apart. Uh, in our day, in our time, uh, names do not hold much significance, not like they used to. Um, you all know Shakespeare, William Shakespeare. Uh, he said that a rose by any other name would smell just as sweet. And so for us, names are just a way to tell things apart. But it, 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 it was not always this way. Uh, in Old Testament times, a name stood for a person's reputation, their fame and, and their glory. Uh, parents often gave children names that described the parents' hope and the future expectations regarding that child. Uh, the word translated name uh, in the Old Testament literally means a mark 
or a brand. That's what it means, a mark or or a brand. A mark or a brand. And so people were given the names they were given for a reason. And uh, a study of Bible names often reveals much about the personality of the people mentioned in the Bible. For instance, David means beloved. Uh, Abraham means father of a multitude. Jacob means trickster, exactly what he was. Goliath means splendor. So all of these people proved true to their names. And so in this lesson, I want to talk about a name we all know. <laughs> I want to look at the name of the one mentioned here in our text, Matthew 1 and 21. Uh, there must be something special about the name of Jesus. Uh, after all, it was a name given to him by God the Father. They didn't get to choose what his name was going to be. <laughs> uh, his name was 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 chosen for them. Okay, and so and so the name Jesus is a name that has been exalted by the Father. And so when when that name is mentioned, really men should they should bow before him and confess him as Lord. For his name is a special name. Okay, Names in our day do not mean much. In fact, uh, parents pick out names for their children for many reasons. Okay, Some are different. Others are weird. Some are chosen to honor someone uh, they think of as a hero. Or sometimes uh, uh, they will name a child after a family member. Okay. But most of the time, there's no special significance behind the choice of a name. All right, for instance, for instance, before we go deep, for instance, the name Gary, that's my first name. The name Gary means spear. What, 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 what were my parents thinking about? I see you guys. I see you guys. Don't do that to me. It means spear. <laughs> They didn't know I was going to turn out to be a spear, but that ain't why they named me that. <laughs> but not, my name means my name's me means spear. All right, so the name Gary, it was whether you know it or not, it was the tenth most chosen name in the in the U.S. for three consecutive years from 1951. That was the most popular name, the, the ten number popular name. Okay, uh, uh, the name Michael means. Who is like God. Michael, that's what your name means. Okay, when he was growing up, one of the evangelists came to town and called him Cochise. He was so bad. Okay? All right? Sister Teresa. Sister Teresa, name is a Spanish. It's an Italian. Portuguese. Did I say that right? Portuguese. It comes from that origin. Teresa means to harvest. Okay, it means to harvest. Let's see. I didn't do everybody's name on here. You got to do a research on your name, though, because I, I, I want you to see something. Uh, uh, Lori, uh-huh. Lori is a French. You are French origin. 
and 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 your name means gift of God. That's what your name means, gift of God. And so all all of these names are, are, are noble, but uh, they were probably not chosen for their meanings. <laughs> okay, but for the way they sound. All right, the way they sound, or to honor a family member, or just because somebody just because somebody liked them. Okay, and so and so and and so names meant something. All right, names main names actually meant something. Okay, Jacob was a trickster. David was beloved. Abraham was the father of the multitude. Moses' name meant drawn out. It meant drawn out. So what's in what's in a name? All right, let's see something in the chat. So Sonia said, my name is of uh, Italian descent. It means wisdom. There you go. It means wisdom. All right. And so this evening, I want to consider the name that's mentioned in verse number 21. Okay. Because the, the angel commanded Joseph to name the baby Mary would bear Jesus. Now, why? Because that name would describe in detail the entirety of all that Jesus was coming to do. Okay? In that name. Now, in order for us to really get the full significance of Christmas and what we're celebrating we really need to understand the name of Jesus. Okay? His name is not a name to be argued. <laughs> it's too much significance in his name to argue over his name. Okay? And so that's what that's what we're going to deal with here tonight. We're going to try to get through four things. If I don't get through all of them, then we'll catch it another day. All right? But we're going to try to get through four things and I'm going to figure out this is practice run on some, and I'm going to figure this thing out. There you go. I'm going to figure it out every time it messes up now. So you guys are my practice crew. <laughs> All right. There, 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 there are four things, and I want you to write this down. Number one, his name, his name, I, his name declares his identity. Number two, his name declares his intentions. Number three, his name declares his impoverishment. And number four, his name declares his individuality. I'm going to leave this up so that you all can get this. Let's 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 look at number 1 as you continue to write if you need to. His name declares his identity. So the name, what's this? The name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. All right? The name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. And and, 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 and and believe it or not, it was a quite common name in that society. Uh, in fact, the name Noah and Olivia have been the most popular baby names in California uh, 
2019. That's according to the Social Security Administration. So those were the two most important names. They haven't done 2020 yet. Noah and Olivia. They were the two most important names or people use those names the most. Okay. I just thought I'd throw this in, Brother Matt, Brother Matthew. If you were born in California, you came in number 13. And Brother Michael, you came in number 22. Uh, none of you ladies, uh, your names wasn't mentioned. <laughs> All right. And so watch this. Jesus, Jesus may have had a common name, but he was no ordinary baby. His birth was normal, but his conception was anything but normal. Okay? And, 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 and that's in Luke. You can write this scripture down. Luke, the first chapter, verses 26 through 38. Luke, the first chapter, verse 26 through 38. Turn your Bibles to St. John, the first chapter, because I know we hear this so much. And we do. We hear First John, I mean, St. John, the first chapter, verses 1 and 2. We hear it all the time. But I want to just make sure we have a, 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 a clear understanding. Okay? I want to make sure we have a clear understanding in regards to exactly what this particular passage of Scripture is saying to us. Okay? I want to make sure we have a clear understanding. Because it's very important. Okay? It's very important. St. John 1, verses 1 and 2. Look what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. Okay? So we've heard that scripture hundreds of times. Now, let's really break this scripture down real quick, because in order for us to understand the rest of it, we have to understand we're dealing with we're dealing with his identity. OK, who 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 Jesus is. And so when you look at St. John, the first chapter, it really deals with the divinity, humanity and work of Jesus Christ. That's what this first chapter of the book of St. John deals with. And then it also deals with his relationship to God, his relationship to God. Okay, this, this relationship is vital to Christ's identity. <laughs> okay, it's vital. You have to know the relationship here. All right, and Pastor's going to do the best he can tonight to make it as simple as, as, simple as possible. Okay. We're going to deal with his relationship. We have to, because it's vital to Christ's identity. All right, first, here's the thing that we're going to deal with. All right, here's what we're going to deal with. I told you all that you have to write tonight. Number one, we're going to deal with first his designation. That word designation is his title, the word. Okay, in the beginning was the word. Second, we're going to deal with his duration. In the beginning was the word. Third, we're going to deal with his dwelling. With God. 
fourth, we're going to deal with his deity. He was the word of God. All right? You, you all got that? <laughs> We're going to deal with his designation, his title, the word, his duration, his dwelling, his deity. In the beginning was the word. This is important because words reveal thoughts. Don't miss it. And so since words reveal thoughts, Christ is the great revealer of God's thoughts. Y'all all with me now here tonight. In the beginning was the word. Words reveal thoughts. Christ is the great revealer of God's thoughts. Okay. Uh, let's see if we can put some scripture on that. Hebrews, the first chapter, verses one and two. Okay, Hebrews verses chapter one, verse one and two. In the NIV, it says, In the in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But watch this, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Now this is God. God is now in these last days speaking through his son. And then look at St. John 1 and 18. Write that scripture down. It says, no one has ever seen God, God's only son, the one who is closest to the father's heart has made him known. Talking about Jesus has made the father, God, known. <clears throat> So when you see in the beginning, when you see the word, okay, God reveals himself through his son, Jesus Christ. All right. I, I hope you're all getting this because you're going to get it to really appreciate Christmas. Now, write Revelations 1 and 11 down. We're not going to go to it. But that is why Jesus speaks of himself, watch this, as the Alpha and Omega, See, all this, all this come together because Alpha and Omega, we know it as what? The first and the last, right? <laughs> the beginning and the ending. But, but, but Alpha and Omega are the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. And so the, the expression Alpha and Omega takes in all the letters of the alphabet. <laughs> and guess what? Letters make words. And so Christ is all the words to reveal God. <laughs> so 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 Jesus was the picture. He was the expression, the the pattern, the very image of what God wished to say to man, okay? 
the very image within God's mind of the ideal of mankind was demonstrated in the life of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus was the perfect expression of all that God wishes man to be. Jesus was God's utterance. He was God's speech. God's word to man. So Jesus was the word of God who came down to earth in human flesh to bring to bring man into a face-to-face relationship with God. And so Jesus, watch this, was the word of God who came to earth to live out the written word of God. Okay, we have the written. This is the written word of God. Okay, when Jesus was here, all right, when Jesus was here, he came. He was the word of God to live out what would what would be the written word of God. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. We have to understand this now in order to fully understand really what Christmas <laughs> is all about. And so he is the word. Secondly, look at his duration. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning, now watch this, does not mean from the beginning. We'll say it again. In the beginning does not mean from the beginning. Jesus Christ was already there. He he did not become. He was not created. He never had a beginning. You got to get this here. He was in the beginning with God. Now this is this is this is one of the fundamentals of our faith. Even when our mind can't comprehend it, <laughs> that's how we're saved by faith. This is what we have to believe. All right? The beginning refers to the creation. It goes back that goes back to Genesis 1 and 1, all that we know of. But Christ was in existence before the creation. What did God say? Let us, us, us make man. God wasn't crazy. Okay, let us. So, so Jesus was in the beginning. So here's a very important part I don't want you to miss. He did not come into being at Bethlehem. So when you look at Saint, when you look at uh, 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 Saint Matthew, the first chapter, okay, and when you look at Luke, that describes the birth of Jesus. You have to understand that he didn't come into being. Okay, yeah, we celebrate his birthday, Christmas, December twenty fifth, or whenever it may be. But he did not come into being at Bethlehem. He was already here. Somebody ought to shout, he was already here. You have to understand that. He was already here. Okay? He was already here. So when you look in the, when you continue to look in the book of St. John, 
then you have to understand that the word translated was, it says in the beginning, was the word. The word translated was is in the imperfect tense meaning continuous action in time past. <laughs> continuous action in time past. Okay, so this speaks of the eternality of Christ. He's eternal. He, he has always existed. David says something in Psalms 90 and 2. David said, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hath formed the earth and the world, that means before Genesis 1 and 1, he said, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Now, can I, oh my God, something just came to me. I'm getting happy. Let me slow down here. Hallelujah, this is good. Man, there's some good meat. This is like steak, prime rib with the bone in it. He said, from everlasting. Now, y'all know, everlasting is a long time. Because everlasting means what? Forever. Everlasting means it has no it has no ending. But here he says, from everlasting to everlasting. Whew. That means that there's no beginning and there's no ending. <laughs> He's eternal. Oh, I hear a song, hold to God. Unchanging hand. Hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. I don't know who this is for. This wasn't in my notes. But he said, build your hopes on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging hand because he's from everlasting to everlasting. And so the word, the word was, is the imperfect, imperfect tense meaning continuous action in past times. But now his, 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 oh, thank you, Jesus. We got to deal with his dwelling. All right. Because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. That was his dwelling with God. So, so in other words, Christ was coexistent. He was an is face to face with God forever. Forever. The word with has the ideal of both being with and acting toward. So Jesus Christ, the word, was both with God and acting with God. Are y'all following me? Um, I tell you, I took the pews out of the choir stand and I had to tear them up. We tore the pews up in the choir stand at the church. Michael came up there. He was with me. But then when I put a hammer in his hand and a saw in his hand, not only was he with me, but now he was acting with me. Ah, <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all. Long as he was just standing there, 
He was just with me. But when he got involved with what I was doing, Brother Marcus came up there one day and he thought I was just going to lollygaga, gaga, gaga. And when I got through with him, I mean, he almost was like, don't call me no more because he was with me. But I wanted him to act with me. And in order to act with me, you got to be involved hey, with what I'm involved in. So, so not only was Jesus with God, but he was acting with God. He was with God by God's side, acting, living, and moving in the closest of relationships. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. And so, and so, and so Christ, he had, had the ideal and perfect relationship with God the Father. And so their, their, their life together, their relationship, communion, fellowship, connection was a perfect eternal bond. Perfect eternal bond. All right. And, and, and this is exactly what is said in, in, in John 1 and 2, the same was in the beginning with God. All right. And so that's 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 his dwelling. They are coexistent. Okay. They have a perfect eternal bond. And then let's look at his deity. Now, when we speak of the word deity, don't get nervous. That just means his divinity, his divineness. That means he's immortal, immortal. We are mortal, okay? We are mortal, which means this flesh dwindles away. It gets old, it wrinkles, it turns gray. Come on, it gets weak. We can't move as fast as we used to move. Our feet hurt. We can't walk as many miles. That's mortal. That's mortal. Now, you know, scripture do say the day going to come and we're going to be changed. All right. I don't want to go that direction, though. Not tonight. But we're going to we're going to we're going to put on we're going to put on incorruption. We're going to take off of this corruption. In other words, we're going to change our wardrobe. We're not going to want no Louis Vuitton. We're going to take off corruption and put on incorruption. We're going to take off mortal. Here's what the Bible says. And we're going to put on immortality. That's how we're going to be like Jesus. Come on. We're going to put on immortality in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And so his deity, when we say deity, it means his divinity and, and that he's immortal. And so look what it says. The word was God. The word was God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, where we talked about Jesus being with him, acting with him, and the word was God. And so you cannot make the fact of deity of Christ any plainer than this last statement. <laughs> he was God. Now, folks will argue it. They'll debate it. They'll, they'll, they'll take you around in circles. I don't have time for all of that. I know who he is. That's why everybody ought to know who Jesus is. It'll help you celebrate Christmas better when you really know who Jesus is. Okay? Somebody say amen. All right? And so the, the, the deity of Christ is taught absolutely and clearly in the scriptures. 
There's no confusion. There's no mistakes. There's no nothing. It's very clear. So this 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 statement not only teaches it, but so does the duration of Christ, him being in the beginning. It teaches him. And so when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, all right, all that happened was God came to earth to live among men. That's all it means in a nutshell. Don't miss that. God came to earth to live among men. Man could not go where he was. Hallelujah. So he came to where we were. That's all that means. Let me put some Bible on it. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to begin at verse number 4. It says, don't be concerned only about your own interests, but... Also be concerned about the interests of the interests of other. Then verse five, have the same attitude that Christ had. Verse six, although he was in the form of God and equal with God, remember they were co-equal, co-existent. He was equal with God. He did not take advantage of this equality. Instead, look what he did. He emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, by becoming like other humans, by having a human appearance. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on the cross. So all it means, don't forget, is God came to earth to live among men. He emptied himself. He could have called 10,000 angels that could have saved him, but he emptied himself. And so when we speak of the Jesus of the Bible, we are referring to God in the flesh. I hope y'all getting it. I hope y'all getting it. All right, let's move on. Secondly, his name, that name, declares his intentions. It declares his intentions. His name means Jehovah is salvation. The word salvation tells us what Jesus came into the world to accomplish. He came to save his people from their sins. That is the primary reason why Jesus came. He didn't come for you to have a big house. He didn't come for you to have a closet full of clothes. He didn't come with blessing prayer cloths. Come on here. He didn't come with all that. He came to save his people from their sins. If you use Jesus for anything else, per se, you you, you overusing him. (laughs) He came to save us. Does he bless us? Yes. But that's not why he came. 
Okay, that's not why he came. He came to save his people from their sins. The word save means keep safe and sound to rescue from danger or destruction. That's why he came. He came to rescue us. Hey. Then he came to keep us. And not only is he keeping us, but he want to keep us safe. You know, you you, you, you oh my God, let me move on. You'll be you'll be kept and don't feel safe. <laughs> Come on, you can be kept and don't feel safe. But he he keeps us and then make us feel safe and sound. That's why he came. That was his intentions. All right. He would then somebody say, how would Jesus accomplish this? How how would he accomplish this? Write down St. Mark 10 45. Everything I'm talking about is in the Bible. How would he accomplish it? For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That's how he was going to do it. He was born to die. Our glory. He was born to die. Jesus came to this world for one purpose only. And that purpose was to die on the cross for sinners. Come on here. Come on. Uh, 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 even, even our Lord's great mission statement. His, his, he made a mission statement in Luke 19 and 10. He said, don't get confused why I come. He said, let me write my own mission statement. Look what he says. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's Jesus. That was his mission statement. And so despite all he did while he was here, his primary purpose in coming into this world was so that he could die for his people. Now, while fulfilling that purpose, or let me say, before fulfilling that purpose, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. Come on. People benefited because he was being used of the father, but that, he didn't come here to open up blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears, and, 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 and heal. That, he came to die. That was his primary purpose so that none would be lost. And so then that takes us on that his name, that, that name declares his impoverishment. That's what the name of Jesus. We're talking about the name of Jesus now, y'all. All right, the name Jesus is our Lord's human name. That's his human name, Jesus. No, his name is not Jesus. His name is Jesus. <laughs> All right. He has given many names in the Bible. He is. He's given many names in the Bible. But Jesus is the name that identifies him with the very people he came to save. Philippians 2, 5, five through 8. Okay. He was all God, yet he was all man too. All God and all man. 
And you know what? He still is. <laughs> that's the that, 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 that's the glory part of this. All right? He's all God. He's all man. Imagine, imagine the Lord of glory. I want you to picture this. The Lord of glory came into this world. He, 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 he came not as a king, but as an humble servant. He was not born in a palace, but in a manger. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going to say something. Because when you know who you are, <laughs> and when you know who you are, you don't need external things to make you who you are. I'm not saying it, I'm not saying anything wrong with having nice things, but don't ever let things don't be identified by things. Come on. I don't want to be known by the car I drive. Y'all ain't talking, y'all, 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 y'all ain't ready. I don't want to be known for uh, what street I live on, whatever that means. That ain't why I want to be known. Because what happened if I lose the car? That means nobody know me. <laughs> what if I don't live on the street no more? Don't be known by what you have. Oh, child, you know you know the lady that wear them bad shoes on Sunday. Come on. You're better than that. Y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. You're better than that. <clears throat> Wear your bad shoes. Flip your hair back. But don't be known for that. Don't be known for that. Because one day your hair might fall out. Come on. Somebody say amen, pastor. Say amen, pastor. Come on. It's okay. So he wasn't born in the palace. He was born in a manger. But he was still God. Okay? He was still God. And so Jesus understood. He understood poverty. Matthew 8 and 20. Y'all read those on your own. <laughs> he understood weariness. Jesus understood what it meant to get tired. He was human. St. John 4 and 6. Matthew 8, 24. Did you know he got hungry? <laughs> hungry. Okay. He knew what it meant to be hungry. He, he, rejection. He knew what it meant to be rejected. Oh, here's a good one. Loneliness. He knew what it meant to feel lonely. Who would think that the son of God would ever get lonely? Come on. The human side of him became lonely. Remember, he was all human. Temptation. You know what it means to be tempted? We ain't the only one that, that, that go through temptation. And, and, and the rest of the trials of all human, all right, condition, he's already experienced it. You know what it means to lose a loved one at the graveside of Lazarus? He wept. Come on. He's been there. He's done that. That's why we left him so. He could sympathize with us. And so because he endured all that he did, so that he might identify himself with us. That's the only way he did it. <clears throat> so he can identify himself with us, so he can understand us, be able to comfort us in our trials. If you don't have asthma, don't tell me how to breathe. I don't care what book you read, because it don't always work like it's in the book when you can't breathe. But those who might have bronchitis, you, you, you understand. Come on, somebody. 
If you ain't never lost your mother, don't say, I understand what you're going through. No, you don't. Not if you ain't never lost your mother. How can you know what a person who's lost their mother or father is going through? And even then, it ain't on the same level. Even then, it's not on the same level. Come on in, somebody. Why? Because relationships could have been different. You could have been close to your daddy, and I might not have been close to mine. I might have been close to mine. You weren't close to yours. So everything is different. But in Jesus' case, he understands us. He can identify with us. That's why the Bible said we have not. Come on, write down Hebrews, uh, the fourth chapter, verse 15. We have a high, we have a chief priest. King James said high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. He was tempted in every way that we are. But he didn't sin. He said, so we can go comfortably, confidently to the throne of God's kindness to receive mercy and find kindness, which will help us at the right time. Whenever you find yourself being weak, whenever you find yourself doubting, whenever you find yourself worried, whenever you find yourself feeling lonely, rejected, hungry, whatever it is, you can go to him. Why? Because he understands. He has experienced it. All right. And then notice that that name declares his individuality. And when we speak of individuality, we speak of distinctiveness, uniqueness. Originality. The name Jesus declares his distinctiveness, his uniqueness. All right. As I said already, that there were many children in that time named Jesus. Many that were named Jesus. But notice verse number 23. There was only one who could be called Emmanuel. <laughs> Only one could be called Emmanuel. Only one. Ah. God with us. Look what it says. The word Emmanuel is not a name or a title. Understand that. It's not a name or a title. His name is Jesus. His name is not Emmanuel. Okay. His name is Jesus. Emmanuel is not a name or a title. It is a descriptive term. All right? It 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 characterizes a person. Jesus is Emmanuel. In other words, God with us. God revealed in human flesh. That's what it is. Emmanuel, God with us. That's not his name. That's not his title. Okay? It was God with us. I don't know about you. I'm glad he's with me. My God. Write down 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. It says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. That's how he did it. Because Adam sinned. He had to reconcile us. That's how he did it. It was through Christ Jesus. 
And he says, not counting men's sins against them. Oh, my goodness. Aren't you glad he didn't count your sin against you? Come on. And then it says, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So you know what that means? He has committed to us. That's one thing I got to say about the church. When I speak of the church, I'm speaking of the church in general. Not St. Luke Church, just the denominational portion of the church. And not just Church of God in Christ, but the church, the body of believers. Let me say it that way. Because we teach and preach a strong message of reconciliation. But as soon as somebody do something wrong, we're ready to send them to hell and throw them over the bridge. Y'all ain't got to talk back here to me because it don't matter to me. I'm going to say it again. We teach and preach a strong message of reconciliation. And as soon as somebody steps out of the fellowship with God, because that's all it is. You just step out of fellowship with him. Okay. Soon as somebody step out of the fellowship with God, we're ready to send them to hell. What about the reconciliation portion? Huh? What about the reconciling? It says, and he has committed to us the message. We have a message. In other words, that your mistake uh, don't have to be uh, 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 your total destruction. You can be reconciled. God loves you. Get up. Ask God to forgive you. Brush yourself off. Keep living for God. Forget about what other people say. Oh, come on here, somebody. Forget about what other people say. You keep living for God. But I failed yesterday and I failed today. Just keep getting up. Because if you fall that many times, nine times out of ten, you're going to fall them all. But just hold on. I'm telling you all the truth. Hold on to God. Don't give up. That's the message of reconciliation. Okay? Ye without fault. Cast the first stone. Ye that are strong, bear the infirmities of those that are weak. That's that's a part of the reconciliation process. Don't sit and look so deep like you ain't never done nothing. Some some, some of us done got too old to do stuff. That's why we're so saved now. Y'all, they got to talk back here to me. I don't really don't care. I really don't. As we get older, see like the saver we get. Have y'all noticed that? Because we just can't, just can't do like we used to do. So we have to understand, not that it makes it right, but we have to understand we were young one day. Come on. don't, don't All right, let me move on because my time is almost gone. You drove down the street late at night in the car. All right, listen. And so thousands of babies were born into the world that same year, the same year. But only one of them would grow up to be the savior of the world. And that was Jesus. All right. After all these years, Jesus still stands alone. He still stands alone. He is the only one who can save a lost soul. To this day, to this day, I don't care how much they sprinkle on your head, how much water you get sprinkled on your head, we could dip you in the bottom of the ocean, twirl you around and make you do 100 backflips. The only person that can save is Jesus Christ. Have I got a witness? St. John 14 and 6, write it down. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. Listen at him. And from henceforth, ye know him and have seen him. In other words, he was telling his disciples, because you've seen me, you've seen the father. Stop looking for him. Uh Uh-oh. 
You're looking for something that you ain't going to never see because you're already looking at it and don't recognize you looking at it. That's all he was saying. Come on. Acts 4 and 12, write it down. I'm almost finished. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Got to confess. We have to confess Jesus Christ as Lord. We have to do it, saints. And so mankind has fallen. Mankind has fallen into deep pit of sin. And then, you know, as he lies there perishing, many would be saviors. You know what I said? Many would be saviors. Walk by with their advice. You know, people always got advice. Give me a couple of more minutes. I want to deal with this real quick. The legalist says you shouldn't fall into the pit. The religionist says I can tell you how to get out of the pit and avoid other pits in the future. The pessimist says you're going to die in that pit. (laughs) The optimist says "Uh, I've seen worse pits than that. The realist says, you need to accept your pit. The spiritualist says, there is no pit. But Jesus comes by and he says, I'll get into the pit with you. And I will lift you up out of your pit. And that is exactly what Jesus, that's what he did for you. And that's what he did for me. As we celebrate Christmas, as we celebrate the name Jesus, that's how we're saved. As we celebrate Emmanuel, you know, we sing that song, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. We even modulated on that. The importance is not the modulation. The importance is the meaning of Emmanuel, and that's God with us. How many of y'all know God is with us during this pandemic? God is with us in the midst of your sickness. God is with us. Emmanuel is with us. I dare you to wait on him. Somebody put it in the chat. I dare you to wait on him. But I dare you to wait on him. Something happens when you wait on him. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't, don't, uh -uh, don't go crazy. Don't pull all your hair out. You're going to need it for what God's got for you. Don't bite all your nails off. Wait on God. David says something in Psalms 40. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me. He did what he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. He said it wasn't just a pit. It was a horrible pit. He said, and out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock. He established my goings. And then he did something else after he did that. He put a snoo song in my mouth. Even praise unto God. I mean, I know we ought to give God praise when God does things for us. We ought to give God praise when he heals us. We ought to give God praise because simply because we're saved. And then David said, many shall see it and they're going to fear and shall trust in the Lord. And so in, in my conclusion, Jesus is the only one who can save this sin-sick world, the sin-sick soul. And so what's in a name, 
If that name is Gary Watkins, it ain't going to be very much. I'm sorry. It ain't going to be that much. But if the name is Jesus, everything is in that name. His name is the source of our salvation. His name is the hope of our hearts. His name can break sin's bondage and cool the fevered brow. His name can lift the greatest burden. His name can comfort the broken heart. His name is a name worth knowing. His name, his name I know. Uh, his name is the sweetest name I know. His name is everything. His name unlocks the door of heaven and closes the gates of hell. His name saved the vilest sinner and redeemed the blackest soul. His name secures the precious saint. His name may be Jesus, but that name cannot tell us all there is to know about him. Get to know him. Get to know him. Get to know him. Strengthen your relationship with him. Ah, Strengthen your relationship with him because that name is a wonderful name. And I say, bless that wonderful name. The name of Jesus. There's no other name. Ah, I know. Now, God, I thank you for your goodness, for your love, your kindness. Thank you for your tender mercy. Thank you for your word tonight. You declare that your word will not go for a void, but it's going to accomplish. God, I know it is. It's going to accomplish what you set out to accomplish. And for all those that will receive it, for all those that will believe it, all those that will cultivate it, water it, God, their eyes have not seen, their ears have not heard. Take us into the depthness of your word, God. Strengthen our relationships. Remove all distractions and hindrances in the name of Jesus. Give us a hunger and a thirst, not for these, not for the world's goods, but God, for more of you in the name of Jesus. Meet every need under the sound of my voice. Your word has promised us that you will supply every one of our needs according to your riches up in glory. Those that know sickness, God, I pray that you heal them in the name of Jesus. Strengthen their bodies, even as I pray, God. Healing is the children's bread. You are our healer. By your stripes, we are already healed. Those that know bereavement, comfort their hearts and lift their spirits. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. And amen. God bless you all. May heaven shine on you. May God